Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John. With experience working at Conversion Excel and HubSpot, Alex Burkett is the right guy to shed some light into how to do growth in a startup, an agency, and a billion-dollar company. In this episode of Growth Marketing Today, Alex shares the tactics he used to grow Conversion Excel's monthly blog with visitors from 125,000 to get this, 250,000 monthly visitors. Now, Alex also opens up about his tips about doing SEO and getting the most out of conferences and meetups. If you want the high-level outline and quotes from this episode, go to growthmarketing.today forward slash 026. That's 026. Now, I know I mentioned this last week. I want to continue mentioning this out because it's something new and I I think it's going to be fun. I started doing live virtual recordings of this podcast where you get to listen in on episode and ask questions to my guests live. Now, I mentioned before I have the VP of Growth at Spotify, CEO of Mixergy, and I have other growth people coming up in this podcast. So check it out at growthmarketing.today forward slash live. I don't want to hold you back anymore. Here's my chat with Alex. Hey everyone, I have here Alex from HubSpot and previously from Conversion Excel. How's it going, Alex? Hey, it's great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, man. It's great to have you here. How are things at Austin? Austin is warm, sunny, 75 every day. I just spent the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving back at home in Wisconsin where it's not this weather. <laughs> so it always, um, it makes me not take it for granted. I'm just enjoying hiking and swimming and whatnot. And so, yeah, it's beautiful. Nice, man. It's so much better than here in Toronto, Canada. It's exactly freezing. I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. I think it's like 40, 45, maybe less. Can you guys ski and snowboard near Toronto? Yes. Are there any mountains around there? Yeah, there's one like about an hour away. So are you a snowboarder? Skier? Yeah, that's the one thing that I miss about. I'm, I grew up in the Midwest and they're not necessarily mountains, but there's no mountains in Texas you can snowboard <laughs> on. So There's no snow there, right? Uh, yeah, I started out skiing, but yeah, I snowboarded like the last, I don't know, eight years of my life until I moved to Texas. But yeah, that's not a big thing that I miss. Awesome, man. Well, I got to bring you out here to Toronto, Canada to uh, do some snowboarding then at some point. Love to. Love to. Before we start talking about growth and HubSpot and Conversion Excel, can you tell me a little bit about your career journey so far? Yeah. So I went to University of Wisconsin at Madison and studied advertising and PR in the journalism school. So there was kind of a lot of writing background as well. I always loved marketing and technology, mainly was interested in startups. So I moved down to Austin afterwards, mainly with the variables that it was warm and I had a good tech scene. So there weren't too many choices actually there. Right. So I joined a pre-seed startup called Lawn Starter and uh, nice. mainly did marketing. But as with any startup, you've got your hands in almost everything. It's just sort of, sort of a scrappy push to get things done. So I got experience doing content marketing, SEO, customer support, customer development, and even some like outbound sales. After that, I jumped to CXL, Conversion XL. Nice, yeah. Where I kind of looked at it as an opportunity to learn from one of the best in marketing, Pep Laya, the founder. Yeah. Yep. So I got to be very specifically focused early on on content marketing and like lead generation for the agency, which uh, I guess was... Our main offering back then, since then, um, CXL has launched the Institute. And I think that was after eight months of being there. And I kind of shifted to being more of a growth or like traditional product marketer and worried about things like positioning, upselling all access Institute subscriptions, and then just like better funnel development for bringing blog readers and SEO traffic all the way down the funnel to Institute leads. 
which is mostly um, like a touchless sales process. So it was a lot of uh, email automation, lead nurturing, etc. So yeah, I learned a ton at CXL, mm. like grad school for analytics and CRO. And uh, <laughs> it was an awesome place to learn stuff. I jumped over to HubSpot, I guess, almost about three months ago now. So I'm now a growth marketing manager working on a new product there, uh, not yet launched, uh, called Customer Hub. So that'll be out nice. in 2018. And um, it's a small team, so I'm kind of used to the startup vibe. But it's also a large company, so there's resources and different teams doing cool stuff. And it's a fun place to be. So that's where I'm at now. Well, that's good to hear. It's funny you started off in, in a startup, early stage startup. I find like the best kind of education is like getting thrown into a startup. Because first of all, they don't know if you have to figure out what to do. You're not being told what to do. And then like you're pretty much doing everything. Like you said, customer support, you're doing a bunch of things. It was pretty much me and the founders sitting across a small table in a tech star's office trying to come up with ideas to like get customers. It was a super thrown in the deep end for all of us. And like, I look back and I I prefer that I did it this way because as opposed to going like a very structured route, right into a large company with a very discreet, specific goal oriented Mm. job, I was in a place that was pretty amorphous and like I had to sort of be proactive and get shit done without (laughs) getting told what to do. So it's nice like moving from startup more towards large companies with more structure as right. opposed to, I think, the opposite way would be chaotic. Yeah, and that's what I found. I went the other route. I went to like PepsiCo, which is an enterprise company, doing like marketing analytics. And then I went to a startup. It's like, oh, it's definitely more fun doing this crazy, crazy shit. Yeah, or maybe you're so pent up with being like blocked all the time oh, yeah. at a large company that's what that you're happened. just ready to just do things. Get out of the bureaucratic loops. Yeah, just get shut down, like you said, man. <laughs> How did the uh, conversion Excel happen? Like. Everybody looks up to in terms of uh, he speaks everywhere. He blogs like he's like such an influence in terms of the marketing place. How did that happen? Did he reach out to you? Uh, I don't even know. I think it was like we were both in a <laughs> Facebook group, Austin Content oh. Marketers, and like he was hiring. I saw the job ad and I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. So yeah, we just like did a couple phone interviews, met up in person, got a lunch and a beer, ended up liking each other, and uh, <laughs> it was a fairly casual process. But I was a big fan of CXL, like the blog before that. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah it's like mildly starstruck and it was fun to join and start producing content. It was intimidating to start producing content. Yeah, I know. I would be too. Yeah. The standards were very high. My first couple drafts got just like torn apart. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually learned how to produce, I think, what ended up being pretty good content. But uh, right. it was a learning experience to start. But yeah, yeah, very casual, just in a Facebook group or something. That's so funny. First of all, I think that's funny because somebody asked me recently, an entrepreneur was like, oh, you know, back then they would make deals in golf courses. Like, what is the golf course of entrepreneurs? And I, I told them it's over beer and coffee, right? It's like, that's how deals are made. That's funny how that's how you got that gig. Mm, there's always a couple locations in each city, like the coffee shops that you know are the meeting spots of entrepreneurs, right. and like the, the bars and whatnot, for sure. Hey, I also read in your profile, I know you said your first few articles got destroyed, but I read somewhere in your profile that you grew their blog from like 125 visitors a month to 250 visitors a month within the first year, which is like, what the heck, dude? What was your process? Like, I'm curious, what was your process to achieve that? Like, how did you know which content to write and what stuff didn't work? It's tough to say. In retrospect, it seems a lot cleaner now that I look back because I didn't really look forward with any like strategic vision. I knew that I had to produce more content. I came in at a time where I think it had been six months since they had a, an actual editor or somebody producing content regularly. So there was probably a little bit of a vacuum there in terms of just like publish something each week. So it was upping the volume, upping the quality. And I think 
looking back now, getting a big guest writer pipeline of like nice. experts in the industry who had diverse opinions and very strong opinions was um, a powerful thing. Uh, I was a one person content team, so it wasn't like I had a lot of firepower in terms of right. like, how much I could produce. So getting right. people who had been in the industry for five, 10 years um, and just editing their stuff and promoting it to a larger audience, that was huge. But we didn't really look at SEO in like the traditional sense. We would do a little bit of keyword research on the most basic front. It would be things like we could have just guessed like A-B testing statistics or A-B testing or like conversion rate optimization, keywords like that. And we would just write along those topics and eventually things would get picked up. We didn't plan for it to be a big organic long-term traffic piece. Things like A-B testing statistics or like there's one that I wrote on like survey design scales, which is the most boring topic you can imagine. <laughs> Still gets a couple thousand a month. And it's not, it's not something that I planned. It was just a question that like a reader had. It was like, all right, well, how do I choose between five, seven, liker, open feedback? And I'm like, oh, it's a good blog post. So it was a lot of just like incorporating feedback from uh, nice. our audience and readers and customers and uh, trying to produce just like uh, Pep would tell me like it has to be the best piece ever written on that topic. And if mm. it's not, we can't publish it. It should be like the only thing somebody ever needs to read. And it was more of an editorial thing than um, like an SEO play. So that's the best I can do with like a post-hoc analysis. In reality, it was a lot of like thrashing in the deep end and trying to figure out what works. And it wasn't like, <laughs> super clean or like incise, incisive or like smart. But looking back, you said something that I guess makes sense. You said that you like somebody asked you a question about surveys and then you, you jumped on that and created content around that. What kind of user research or what kind of research do you do to, to figure out what topics to write? Uh, we had a lot of feedback loops. So we had, um, once somebody would sign up for the blog uh, newsletter, they would get whatever their offer was. It would be like whatever ebook we were testing at the time. And then the second email, I believe, would have a, a survey on it. And that was just a rolling document that we would set up Zapier to um, fill in like a Google Sheet. And we'd review that every once in a while for like topic ideas. And there was a question on it that asked like, what should we cover? Like, what, what are you interested in more and in learning about? So we had the, that feedback loop. We also had a Facebook group that still exists, CXL, Analytics, CRO, something, something. But it facilitates amazing discussions. So we would get a lot of ideas from that. There would be discussions on growth hackers and hacker news and inbound that we would follow. And if there were any like prominent questions that continued to pop up, we would take those. It was many sources. It was sometimes customers, sometimes audience members, mm. sometimes just people emailing us with questions about articles. So we had many, many fountains of like um, knowledge for, for what to write about or what people were struggling with. Nice. Now you've created this great content. What was your like distribution strategy? Like, did you just distribute it to email lists or did you have like, uh, you sent an email to certain? One of the first things I did when I started was sort of create like a checklist or a content promotion process. And I don't want to say it was perfect. It was pretty much I just Googled content promo process and like found like <laughs> what everybody else was doing at the time. But that was important just to have something documented to teach people yeah. later on because eventually we brought in another content marketer, uh, Chanel Mullen, who's now at Shopify. And then we also had a content intern. So it was like once we had a documented process, it gave us a baseline to veer mm. off of or ignore things that weren't working or tweak or like optimize later on. And essentially it was just, it was the basics. It was like email out to our newsletter audience, email people mentioned in the article. We tried a couple things like emailing people who may be interested in doing like the traditional kind of skyscraper backlink building, which was tedious and didn't end up working very well. Communities, inbound, growth hackers, LinkedIn groups. I think what ended up working the best was just building authentic relationships with 
I don't want to say the word influencers. It's such a cringy word. Expert <laughs> practitioners in the marketplace okay. of like CRO. Okay. And uh, including them in our content production, because that would give us better content, first off. Mm. One can only know and write about so much themselves. But if you include like the people who have been doing this forever, you get better content and you get like a natural distribution with their audience. So I think that was the one thing that helped the most. And it's the least scalable is just building. They weren't even like, I don't want to call it influencer marketing. It was just building relationships with people who know their shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much influencer marketing. Like. It's the most effective way to put it. <laughs> How did you in- include them into the production process? Did you ask them for feedback on the article to have their name on? Like, you know, thank you to, you know, Kieran Flanagan or somebody for reviewing this. Yeah, it depends. So often we would just add quotes. Like I would write three fourths of an article and be like, man, there's a couple areas that I'm really like shaky on that could benefit from a more opinionated um, response. Not, not something that's like, here's what a t-test means, but more so like, when would you use this specific statistical test or whatever, you know, um, more opinionated pieces or like gaps in articles. Now I would reach out and uh, get their quote and uh, just include it in the article with a photo and a little CSS div block. Yeah, I saw that. I remember reading one of your growth marketing process posts. I think you wrote it a few years ago and it still popped up on number one when I typed in growth marketing process. When did you transition into like content and more like growth? I know that you started writing more about that in Conversion Excel. Uh, yeah, so that was basically when we launched this CXL Institute, which could stand mm. as more of a product as opposed to a service. The agency was very expensive. It's like a top expert CRO agency. So it was right. 20000 a month or something for certain services. It's not something that you can do a touchless sale on. So right. it was more just me sending leads over to the agency and they would pick up like the phone and do like the whole inbound sales thing. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, that was mainly content and SEO as an acquisition channel. And we continued having those as our top of the funnel channels once we launched the Institute. But that's when I moved more towards like thinking about product positioning. How do we differ from Udacity? How do we differ from Udemy, et cetera, et cetera? How do we display that on our landing pages, on our CXL Institute homepage? So I would write copy for landing pages consistently. I would collect feedback from customers, build customer personas. And it was basically because I had the necessity of, of marketing like a startup within our company. So it was just something right. that I had the opportunity to do touchless sales on, to like have a different go-to-market strategy to launch different courses in a different way and to nurture leads, a bunch of different course topics. And we had a bunch of different like offers and blog posts. So it was like, how do we align different interests and like bring them to the right piece of content? And mm. how does that translate to the right course for them later? And then after that, how do we turn them into a customer advocate and like buy more than one course or the all access plan? So I just had to start thinking about those things from a business imperative right. um, and just didn't have the opportunity b- before because of the nature of the business. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And then I guess like HubSpot noticed the stuff you were doing, right? Yeah. I worked with um, Scott Towsley on, he was on Brian Belfort's team back around the time that I first joined CXL. I wrote a couple posts for them and did some content marketing. Yeah. So fast forward, I was talking to Scott about maybe doing a course for the Institute. And that's when he was just joining as like the growth lead for this new product at HubSpot. He's like, hey, by the way, I can't do the course, but I want to talk to you about something else. So I was kind of talking about the position. It ended up being a super opportune time for me. I was sort of looking right. to jump to a larger organization just to see mm. what kind of different impact I could make and like if I actually have resources and a more specific goal and structure. So the HubSpot opportunity ended up being perfect. 
the fact that it's a startup and like launched within the company is even cooler. So it was just like uh, the stars aligned. It, it was the right time for me to jump in the right place. Awesome, and I had man. previous experience working with them too. So it's like yeah, I, I knew so they were cool. It seems like everything added up to getting you to HubSpot, like relationships and experience with a startup and Virgin Excel. I suppose so. Again, it looks cleaner in hindsight. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but it, it, when you're in that position, you're like, what the hell am I doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about if you can talk anything about the product itself. Like what, what is that new product you're doing or tool or if not, that's cool. Yeah, I can't talk a ton about it, but I can okay. tell you that we have like the marketing hub, the sales hub and the customer hub. And if you look online, there's a diagram of the inbound methodology. Right. And it sort of like brings from like the marketing touch point all the way through to when they're a customer and what you do to make them an advocate. And that's like what kind of products we're making. So we're working on like the customer side of things once you've already right. acquired them. That's cool. Yeah. That's fine. I'm curious if you can talk about your process. I, I'm sure you, maybe you can even go high level. So what does your process look like at HubSpot right now? We're not running a ton of experiments right now. We're mainly, right. um, because the product doesn't exist yet, building up like a pre preemptive strike. I guess we're doing a lot of SEO work and it's kind of a throwback to my earlier content and SEO days. But now because we're exclusively focused on it, I'm doing a lot of, I don't know if you'd call them experiments, they're more like trial and error with different backlinking techniques and like different strategies to rank. Like we're testing different headlines and meta descriptions and really (laughs) just tweaking them to like, we have these bottom of the funnel, like pillar pages that are like aligning with some of our uh, software that we'll be building. So um, really trying to get those to rank and like that's mainly what we're focusing on for Q4. So I, I can't really, there's not really a, a growth, like it's mm. not like, oh, we're doing research and setting right. up hypotheses and, and whatever yet, just because there's no product to do so. It's just sort of like doing the stuff that needs to get done to have, <laughs> have a launch list or have some sort right. of demand built up preemptively. Nice. Where does most of your time go right now? Is it mainly SEO? Yeah, SEO and like influencer marketing, as cringy as the term is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Building relationships. <laughs> Let's talk about SEO for a little bit. I know for a lot of people, it's like this medical, like they can't really understand and grasp it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can talk a little bit about how you're doing SEO right now for, for HubSpot. Yeah, well, it starts with the core tenant of like this pillar and cluster strategy where you have right. like a pillar piece of content that sort of strikes a shorter tail keyword and you build cluster pieces around that that are more of the long tail. So it'd mm-hmm. be like you'd build a big pillar page for customer satisfaction and then you would write a bunch of blog posts around that topic or get guest posts or whatever else. Right. It's like how to measure customer satisfaction, customer satisfaction surveys, et cetera, et cetera. They get like the smaller traffic amounts. So that's from a content strategy perspective. But then um, from like a link building perspective, we're basically going down and doing like a MythBuster strategy. And we're seeing what people are currently doing. I've talked to tons and tons of people. I have a lot of friends right. that do content in SEO. I'm like, what are you doing right now? What works? What doesn't? And we're trying each of them. So we're like, okay, does responding to Haro requests work? Does doing the skyscraper work? And we've got a couple experimental ideas too that um, right. I guess I'll talk about later if they do work. Because if they do, I want to like milk them for all they got um, <laughs> <laughs> for uh, everybody, other marketers doing it too. Yeah. So essentially, we're trying everything in terms of backlink building. But as a little secret, the one thing that works still like it did at CXL is the authentic relationships. There mm. doesn't seem to be a big scalable shortcut. Yeah, that's true. Like anything worth doing is it takes effort and energy and time, right? Uh, it's so unsexy. You just want that one hack where it's like you have like, yeah, I know some sort of like automation of detection of like link opportunities <laughs> and automated outreach <laughs> and 
it never right. works as well as simply having a friend <laughs> that'll link to you um, in their <laughs> blog posts. I don't know. All right, let's talk about that. How do you, and as stupid as it sounds, how do you make friends with people who are busy and, you know, like trying to get them? You already talked about Conversion Excel, how you reach out to them to get a quote on a topic. Is there any other ways you've, you've made friends? Uh, it's usually through like genuine interest in what they're doing. Um, right. I'm really bad at faking things. I can't really <laughs> be, I don't know, inauthenticity to me is just like painful. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. totally. So it's something that, like if they've written a quote, like a, super cool blog posts like oh. that'll lead to me reaching out somehow i actually right. don't know I, I have no idea i've gone to a lot of conferences i just like i'll just email somebody if i'm like if i have a question i'll just email them just be like yo like, right. what's this like, what do you think what do you mean <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's it's That's more so impulsive funny. than anything it's not like i have a plan it's <laughs> just genuine interest yeah right I think that's fascinating because I find a lot of marketers, they tend to be very helpful to other marketers, right? Yeah, send them a question and they respond. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Have you had a situation where they didn't, they're too busy and like, oh, oh shit, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Especially when doing outreach for um, people who I want to get quotes for in articles. Like there's some people that are just too busy mm. and they're like, sorry, I got to pass, which is totally understandable. I don't know. Right. I've passed on quotes. Makes sense. What's other ways that you do influencer marketing? Like, is there any other ways that you would build that out? I guess, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like in-person meetings. So this right. isn't like a scalable strategy, but just going right. to the meetups and conferences and like getting coffee, not being afraid to like meet face-to-face and off of Slack and whatever else and off of email. No, that makes sense. I think that's powerful in this day and age. Yeah, that's so true. One of the things I find with conferences or meetups is like a lot of people are looking for something very specific. Mm-hmm. Whether they're looking for somebody to hire or they're looking for somebody to to do work for them. And sometimes it's work for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your strategy to like meet cool people in a conference? Like, Do you find people who are by themselves and I, then just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I walk in with the goal to have the most fun that I can. Uh, it's not okay. to maximize learning. So that, I think Pep told me this earlier. I don't know if I'm like liable right now. But like, I think when <laughs> we went to the first CXL Live... Or maybe it was a different conference. Maybe it was Behave. But he told me, like, you're not here to learn. Like, you can read their blog posts and, like, books online. You're here to meet people, network, Mm. have fun, like, get to know everybody. So I always looked at conferences as more of networking such a dirty word. And I I don't know. It is. I'm going to say networking. Like, it's a networking event. So I never, like, sat in and, like, took heavy, detailed notes. That's something that I find I'm better off doing at my desk at home. And, like, (laughs) it's a more introverted activity. Whereas I'm there to like get lunch and get drinks. And at CXL Live, we always had karaoke. It's one of the best ways to meet people. Just sing some Backstreet Boys. I don't know. <laughs> do yeah, do weird car- stuff. Yeah. Just like doesn't have to be super serious businessy. It can be fun. That's funny. Karaoke and some soju or Korean like drinks or shots, I guess. Mm-hmm. Really fun. Yeah, totally. I'm curious what your tips are for anybody trying to get into growth marketing, whether they're a student right now or they're doing something else and they want to get into what you're doing. What kind of tips would you have for them? Definitely like the basic advice of work hard, be self-aware, know what your strengths and weaknesses are and pursue the strengths hard, especially early on. Um, More specifically, I guess like know how to do something that's valuable Right. So like it usually falls in a couple different buckets. Like somebody is usually a strong writer or a designer or like a numbers person and they're going right. to be an analyst. 
So it usually falls in one of those buckets and you can like diversify later and become the glorious T-shaped marketer, which just looks overwhelming if you're like a senior in college. It's like, I have to learn programming, database querying, copy, like it looks like so much. You really just need to follow like, I think what your strength is first, fill a gap that companies are looking to hire for. A lot of people are looking to hire content writers or graphic designers, UX designers, analysts get into that role and then you can like diversify later and build out your your T-shape, if you will. So that's a, a more specific tip. Get your hands dirty, produce work. Nobody's a strategist when they're 22. Um, <laughs> you have to do the work and like right. actually get in. Build a personal brand if you can. I didn't realize it. I, I always looked at that as kind of a, a weird thing to like go out with the ex- express intent of building a personal brand. Right. I did it accidentally in CXL and it opened up a world of opportunities not just like job-wise or uh, monetary or whatever. Just like people reaching out with cool questions, such as I was talking about before that I do with bloggers. It just opens up relationships and conversations that you wouldn't have had otherwise. If you put yourself out there and show the work that you're doing, what knowledge you have. And I think this is maybe like a weirder tip, but like know the lingua franca and uh, like how people talk it, yeah. in growth. It's like right. there's a lot of weird jargon. And uh, <laughs> especially when we bring people on at CXL, the CRO space is so filled with like, insider jargon and we don't realize it but like when two people who know this space get together and they talk about it there's a cool connection that goes on and i think even if you're a super smart super capable person if you don't know how to talk about like Mm. conversion rates and ltv and etc etc like (laughs) you should learn that stuff like it's an easier um it's a common language that connects you with the person on the other side that's really fascinating yeah you're so right it's like it's like when developers talk to each other, right? They they have a certain language that they not programming language, but they have a certain specific language that they use. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's hard to understand, but it like keeps people like in their um, in groups. So it's like a connector. Interesting. Their tribe. I'm curious what kind of certain words they should know. Like if you can just throw out maybe a handful. You, you talked about LTV and yeah, it's like remarketing. Urgency, conversion, conversion path, right. customer journey. I don't know. Okay. Okay, I'm not lost. I'm good. <laughs> the good stuff. That's what. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Hey, man, I just want to thank you so much for your time, dude. Um, You know, where can people find Alex? Do you have a blog? Do you have a Twitter account? Do you have a LinkedIn? Where, where do you want people to find out more about you, about what you're doing? Um, a Twitter, probably. Uh, it's I am Alex Burkett. And then my blog is just alexburkett.com. I don't write on it often, but I plan on doing more so in the future. And maybe just even emailing out other blogs that are for other um, sites, because I do that from time to time. So yeah, the Twitter and my website would probably be the best places. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening on this episode. One of the quotes that Alex said is that there's no real shortcut to growth. People want to hack, but growth can be so unsexy sometimes. That's something that I heard from Brian Balfour before, and that kind of makes sense. Alex works at HubSpot, which Brian used to be the VP of growth for. It's so true. Growth hacks is so something that we try to find. But doing growth can sometimes be all about the process and trying to cut through and keep doing it over and over again, day in, day out. Now, if you want the high-level outlining quotes from this episode, once again, you can go to growthmarketing.day.com. 
you know, I can't add this episode once again. I'm doing live virtual recordings of this podcast start just recently, right? So you get to listen in on episodes being recorded live and you get to ask questions to my guests live. So you can check that out at growthmarketing.today forward slash live. If you have any feedback questions, send me an email randomly at growthmarketingtoday. Other than that, this is Ramley from Growth Marketing Today and keep on growing.